Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schaap. It's hard to believe that Braden Anderson is only 27 years old because he's already experienced and lived through so much. A few years ago, his story got a lot of attention when he was the only player in men's Division I basketball who was attending law school at Seton Hall. Before that, he had suited up for Kansas and for Fresno State. He had survived a near-fatal car accident to return to D1 basketball. He came to the U.S. from Canada to play basketball. And now he is an associate at one of the most prestigious law firms in the world, Sidley Austin in New York. And it is a pleasure to welcome to The Sporting Life a young man who's obviously been through a lot and achieved a lot, Braden Anderson. Braden, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Does it seem like uh, when, when you hear all of that rattled off that, that that's you, that you've you've been through all that? You know what? It's it's incredible, just the journey and where it started. Um, it's, it's crazy to think where I am now. Um, my goal when I left Canada at 15, um, you know, left my parents, left my family, left my friends right in the middle of of high school to pursue this crazy dream of just playing college basketball in the U S right. That dream alone was crazy coming from a small town of 20,000 people. Um, and you just have, you, you had just never heard of it. You had never heard of somebody going to do it. So it didn't feel possible, right? The best players that I grew up with playing in that area went to the university of Calgary, played for the dinos, played for Mount Royal. Right. And there was incredible players, you know, um, who maybe could have made it to the next level, but it was a mental barrier of, hey, can I really do that? Can I compete down south and do that? And so I think just from having my sights set on the NBA and, you know, being able to somehow become highly touted in a short period of time and become an All-American and, um, you know, signed with Kansas and the things that happened from then until, until now, you know, you could have never predicted. But I think the way I look at it, Jeremy, is I just feel blessed I feel really grateful that when I walked away from basketball, I was able to get a lot out of it, right? That I was able to leverage basketball and use basketball as a vehicle to have some great opportunities and have a great career. You know, so I just feel a lot of gratitude towards the game for really taking me on a wild ride, right? Good times and bad. Um, but understanding that, Nothing that I've accomplished and, and nothing that I have now would have been possible without basketball, even though the story unfolded much different than I thought it would. We're speaking with Braden Anderson, the former Seton Hall and Fresno State basketball player. Let's go back to the Kansas story. You were one of the top recruits in the country. Um, Kentucky was after you, Arizona. You end up going to Kansas, but they don't let you play. What, what happened? Yeah. So the first place that I went um, when I left Canada was a high school in a private school in North Carolina. And while they were accredited by the state, um, they were really new and they apparently did not have their full accreditation from the NCAA. And that there's a different process for that. Um, 
you know, as a kid with literally one opportunity, right? I'm 15. I got one opportunity. I didn't have a bunch of prep schools calling me, right? And you kind of are forced sometimes when you're in those situations to just take what you can get. And there was a lot of other kids. I mean, Andrew Wiggins was at that school with me. There was incredible players there, right? Um, it's amazing how many people – I mean, basketball is a, a tight-knit business, right, an industry. And, you know, great basketball opportunities don't always completely coincide with great academic opportunities, right? So, you know, that ended up being the issue. The NCAA, although I had a 1450 on the SATs, they ruled me a partial qualifier. Big 12 doesn't accept those. Um, and I just kind of was, was left short on that. So you headed out to Fresno State? Well, I had a couple options, right? I, I could have went to a JUCO, and me and Bill Self talked about that. I could have went to a JUCO nearby in Kansas, right, um, and then transferred back. But um, my pride as a student just, could, just wouldn't allow me to do that because I knew – I was a good student and I was a good enough student to go straight to university and academically that felt like a step back, right? To go to JUCO when I know I can get the grades and I know I'm ready for college work at a high level. Um, and so I, I ended up making the choice to go to Texas or to, to go to Fresno state and play for Rodney Terry, who had recruited me when he was at Texas and knew a couple of my friends, Corey Joseph and Tristan Thompson and, um, had a relationship with, with Roe Russell and, and other AAU coaches I had had in the past and, and follow him over there. And, and Michael Schwartz, who had also recruited me when he was at Miami. So it just kind of felt like the right fit. They just got the job. And I was thinking, hey, I'm going to go be a, small, uh, a big fish in a small pond. I'll go out there. Um, I thought I'd do one or two years and, and then put my name in the draft. Um, you know, and, and things were kind of going that way. Uh, until I broke my neck in, uh, in a really, really bad car accident in, in 2013. You spent a month in the hospital. Yeah. So think about, think about this, right? That summer, right before, this is September 2013 that I get in this accident. And literally the two months prior, I had been in Toronto with Team Canada, with the Olympic team, with Steve Nash, with Anthony Bennett, with Andrew Wiggins, with you know, a long list of incredible Canadian basketball players. I trained with them all summer. Um, we were preparing to make an Olympic run, right? And like, that's where I was at that time, right? In terms of my game, in terms of what I was thinking about, almost all of my friends and colleagues that I played with are either in the NBA or playing professionally, very successful somewhere overseas, right? Um, so that accident really kind of changed my world and, and changed what my outlook was going to be. We're speaking with Braden Anderson. You've been hearing his story for the last several minutes, all the twists and turns. At that point, you have every reason to believe that you're going to be a professional basketball player as well. Um, but you weren't supposed to even be able to step on a court after the accident took place, the car crash. How did you get yourself back into shape to play the game? How, how did you how did you achieve that? So that was one of those nightmare situations that you you really wouldn't wish upon anybody. You wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy. Um, I was in the hospital for over a month. I lost um, 
around 45% of my body mass. I lost about 80 something pounds. Um, you, you literally have to learn not only to walk and stand again, but even to push yourself up in bed, right? The atrophy, nobody knows if you haven't been stuck to a bed, literally can't move really paralyzed because you're under so many, you know, so much drugs. Um, you can't, you can't move. You can't even sit up in bed, right? Um, swallowing foods again, right? Um, starting with jello. Like it was like being, you know, it was like being a baby again, really. Um, and, you know, so it was a long road to be able to add that muscle mass back on again. And it was almost like a movie, right? We've all seen Friday Night Lights and there's that scene where Booby Miles is like, hey, coach, or, you know, hey, doc, am I going to be able to play? You know, am I going to be able to play again, doc? And I, I had that moment and it was a terrifying moment. And I think what I went through internally, having, you know, going through that, that process of asking that question and the anxiety of thinking, man, what is he going to say? You know, because I had so much riding on basketball. And to utter those words and to just feel the anxiety kind of hanging in the air of what is he going to say? Um, you know, is he going to say he got a shot? I'm reading his body language, right? I'm not just paying attention to what he's going to say. I'm, I'm looking at his body language, right? Is he kind of hesitating? Because it's, it's a tough question. And he kind of looked at me and kind of made a, an uncertain face and was like, I don't know. You know, he was like, I don't know. That's it. I don't know. I don't know. You know, and I was uh, like, ah, and, and that kind of just made me, it did a couple of things. I think one, I really, I have a chip on my shoulder and I love to kind of. It's not like a movie. It is, right? It felt like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write this script. And my goal was to be able to come back and play. I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know if I'd be the same type of player. I didn't, I had no idea what that would look like, but. I had a couple goals, right? One was to get back on the court. Um, and that was a difficult process. And obviously it was mostly, you know, working with the trainers and, and working with physio people and, and working with the weights, uh, the weights coach and, and just being dedicated. That's easy to, you know, not easy, but that's something that is controlled. It's something that you can control, right? It's something you put your body through. The next piece is, is, is a little bit more nuanced, and it was I wanted to leverage basketball as much as I could. Because I felt so uncertain about my basketball future, I felt this burning desire to squeeze every opportunity that I was getting in, in connection with playing this game of basketball, squeeze it and get every drop out of it, right? And I started thinking – hey, I'm not getting paid to play right now, right? Not in money. I'm not getting paid in money to play, right? I was all this, that, all everything, Mr. Canada basketball, hadn't made a dime, right? But I was making some compensation in education. And so I really started to obsess about that, about how do you assess the value of what your education is and how do you get as much as you possibly can out? And that's kind of how the idea of playing basketball while in law school was born. It was born out of a desire to get as much value out of the game as I could. And I did the math. I did the math. What is the value of 
a four-year bachelor's, right, on average. And you think about, okay, the value changes depending on what your GPA is, right? Because you assess value not just on how much your tuition is, but how much money do you make after, right? What does it enable you to do? What does it qualify you to do? What job does it qualify you to have, right? Um, And you do the math on the law school thing as well, right? So I started thinking of ways to maximize that value anywhere I could, and, and law school was what I came up with. Well, you certainly did that at Seton Hall Law School, and now working at Sidley Austin, a world-famous firm in New York, in regulatory law. Is that, is that right, Braden? Yeah, so securities enforcement and financial regulatory law, it's essentially financial services, right? The, we represent banks and financial institutions in connection with enforcement actions that are brought by usually government organizations and entities, right? So one of our counterparties is the SEC, right? They bring investigations. They look into matters, right, regarding banks and and certain institutions. And we defend uh, our our clients in connection with with those investigations. How do you like the work? It's it's awesome. It's, it's, It's a lot of fun. And I think when you are really specific, uh, about what you want to do, and you have a niche practice like that, you're always going to have fun. I think the problem is when you're a generalist, sometimes as a lawyer, you end up doing a lot of things you don't want to do, and a lot of things you're not necessarily interested in. I think the great thing for me and my situation at Sidley is I'm really interested in government investigations, right? <laughs> That's it. Uh, and I have the opportunity to just do that every day. Well, it is uh, an extraordinary story, your journey over the past nine years. Uh, we're speaking with Braden Anderson, who was one of the top recruits in the country nine years ago, ended up playing college basketball at Fresno State and Seton Hall, and is now a practicing attorney in New York. How are you managing through the coronavirus epidemic, pandemic? Well, I mean, it's obviously, I think it's it's equally, it's hard for everybody and it's not easy and um, it's requiring myself and everybody to adapt to a new normal, Um, you know, based on my experiences just with adapting to challenges and adapting to new realities. I think I've tried to just take advantage of whatever, not positives, but whatever benefits you possibly can, I think. One of the, the main benefits and things just to be grateful for is that I have a job that I can work remotely. I think that's just, I've been really just grateful that I can work remotely and be able to work from different places. And um, that's been something I've looked at. Uh, I've looked at real estate and, and thought, hey, is there opportunities to to get involved and, and to find value? So I think I've just tried to stay active and keep assessing Right. Keep assessing what's going on and and thinking about ways that I can play offense is kind of the way I like to put it. I like to play offense and think of uh, different ways to do that and not just be reactive, but be proactive. Well, Braden, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story. Uh, there, There is so much there. Uh, I, I hope to see it in book form someday. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jeremy. I mean, obviously, it's been an incredible journey. Um, but I'm really looking forward to what's next. Thanks again for having me on. I'm Jeremy Schatt.
and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.